Welcome to Energetic Influence, where we discuss energy in all its forms, including spiritual, and its influence on us collectively and as individuals. And now your host of Energetic Influence, David Houston. Thank you for joining me tonight. A few more things I wanted to briefly mention. A lot of the information that I have found over the past few months have been made available to me. A couple of names I'd like to let everyone know about. One is Skywatch TV. Great information, great content uh, with Defender Publishing. Tom Horn. Derek and Sharon Gilbert, and then Dr. Michael Heiser, and his book, The Unseen Realm, discusses the Divine Council, which I believe is in Psalms. Let's see. Anyway, these people have been instrumental in their efforts, their research, their information, making it available. Derek and Sharon. They have an Unraveling Revelation series that's just amazing as far as uh, the content, the depth that they research into the scriptures, how influential the surrounding civilizations were on the Israelites. And when you read in the scripture about God bringing judgment on the gods of Egypt, well, if you look that up, which is an amazing thing to look up in and of itself, Anyway, these ancient peoples that influenced ancient Israel, once they left Egypt, okay, so Egypt was bad enough with all of the gods and the worshiping and so forth, and even the the civilizations that Abram came from. And when we when I say worship these gods, that's where the these authors that I just mentioned earlier have brought out is that this isn't just some idea of worship, like, oh, raise your hands and sing a song. This is a, a worship where their belief system caused them to not only sacrifice children and uh, who knows what else, but the, uh, the sexual rights or the sexual activities that they took, that they took part in, and then the, uh, the venerating. And that was an interesting word that I learned over the summer. And it's where you you honor the dead. You may think, oh, well, what's wrong with that? Well, it's not so much a remembering the dead as it was an appeasing of the dead uh, in order to keep them alive in the afterlife. So they would have these rituals. I think it was called a kipsum. kipsum. The food that was presented to these dead supposed ancestors of these people the libations that were poured out and in our day and time when you see people pouring out drink offerings or let's just say an alcoholic beverage and they remember somebody in a way that is a form of venerating that dead person i'm not going to say that they're worshiping them but that is exactly what took place back then and it was ritualistic you had to have a specific uh, heir in your lineage to do that in your family. Anyway, so when we talk about, or when I talk about worship, it's not just, like I said, you know, some idea you may have of Sunday morning church. 
this was this was a lot of ritual a lot of practice a lot of things that might not want to participate in anyway they influenced ancient israel and in the scriptures we read about how they would fall uh, fall away from the true and living god yahweh and go back into these canaanite babylonian and sumerian gods but anyway what i wanted to point out real quick this and eventually i'm hoping to have a, a website with all this information on it and again this isn't anything that i've researched well, let me back up. Anything I've found, this is information I have heard, been made aware of, and I've just kind of accumulated it. Anyway, eventually one day I'll, I'll get around to having it together on a, on a website that you can go to for, uh, for your own research. To where you don't have to dig as deep as I did, it'll just kind of already be there for you. But I wanted to point out three of the... Okay, let me back up. So, if I'm going to read these... Okay, so I've got this chart, and it's got... The top row, that would be idea. The next one is description. The next one would be the watchers. Then you have Aztec or Mesoamerica. Then you have Greek, Roman, Egyptian, Hurrian, Canaanite, Sumerian, Amorite, Phoenician, Germanic, Mesopotamian, Norse, Hittite, Akkadian, Assyrian, Persian, Hindu and Armenian. And what I've done in this is looked for their mythological pantheons that they believed, worshipped, venerated, whatever they did. But here's the here's the thing. They begin to over not just overlap, but well, let's just put it like this. I'm gonna read the idea of a father god was Zeus, it was Greek. Jupiter was Roman, Amon-Ra was Egyptian, and then Canaanite was Baal, Sumerian was Marduk. The, um, so the god of love, sex, and beauty in the Greek was Aphrodite, Romans was Venus, Canaanite was Ashtoreth, and then Kronos in Greek, Saturn in Roman, Kumarbi in Huron, El in Canaanite, Enlil in Sumerian, Dagon in Amorite, Baal Haman in Phoenician. The point I'm getting to is these same ideas were made manifest to the ancient civilizations as gods. And they may have named them differently. You know, we may call a particular fruit, say an apple, and then a person from another language may call an apple something completely different. But we're referring to the same fruit what we would know of as an apple well these different civilizations had different names for the same god or the same god idea when we look at the fallen realm influencing human activities that was to thwart any savior from Yahweh the plan would be to hinder the seed uh, we read in Genesis where uh, after Eve sins and or mankind falls anyway it's bruise his head and he'll bruise your heel I'm, I'm misquoting it anyway with that what they want what the fallen realm wanted to do was to make sure the seed of the woman had zero chance of being fulfilled and that would explain why the watchers would come down or came down to mate with the women and produce the giants or the nephilim 
to ruin the DNA, to ruin the offspring, hoping that that would suffice to where God's plan, Yahweh's plan, would not be fulfilled. And it was, so, you know, yay for that. But the fact is, their plan let out wickedness on the earth in in just a crazy degree. Another thing I wanted to point out was, um, and this was something I was made aware of just probably about an hour ago, and that is, if we look at geopolitics, and we think about, oh, this nation against that nation, or oh, this group of people against that group of people, well, another thing to consider is theopolitics, and that would be where the fallen realm and the heavenly realm are guiding nations of this world. And you may think, oh, David, you're crazy. What are you talking about? That's just ridiculous. Well, in these scriptures, we do find that the divine counsel that Mr. Heiser points out, I believe it's Psalm 82, and then there is a reference in, I want to say Genesis 10. It's considered the uh, a table of nations. So it's this listing of people and who they begat and so forth. If you follow it out and you're that diligent of a researcher you can you can trace it to the to the peoples of today there's another reference and i need to find out where that is that basically god in psalm 82 says that or maybe 89 again i gotta look it up but he he says that you know since you've ruled over these nations wrongly basically you're gonna die like men and there's arguments as to oh no that that can't be supernatural that can't be entities that's people well why would people die like men why would why would Yahweh need to say that if they're just people they would you're gonna die like normal how about that um, the point is uh, he was addressing fallen realm entities telling them that they they're not gonna make it you know you're, you're just you're destined to be you're destined to to be gone so they want to thwart that any way they can that's one reason we have such things so many crazy things going on in the world today an, a few an up-and-coming a future episode i want to talk about how the gods that i mentioned earlier whether they're from greek roman mythology or whatever they are still around and some people like might get all weirded out about oh no you're you're equating mythology with being real and whatever well you know they 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 came up with it for a reason I was always taught, oh, it was their way of explaining the sun or explaining the moon or explaining rain or, you know, and that was just a convenient way for some adult to get this inquisitive kid off their back. And that was cool. You know, I was sufficed and it was fine till I started digging on my own and doing my own research. It really makes a lot of sense when you understand the influence these entities had on people. And that's one reason Yahweh told, you know, Moses and the Israelite, he told them, you know, when you go into the to the land I'm giving you, you got to get rid of these people. Not just kind of get rid of them, but get rid of them, annihilate them, remove them off the face of the earth. And they didn't. And so we are kind of stuck with the fact that they didn't do that back then with what's going on in the world today. Now, we know it's all going to be made correct, and that'll, that'll come in time. Uh, it's not there yet, but as prophecy unfolds and we see things happening every day that's being fulfilled uh, eventually it will be corrected and eventually it will be the kingdom on earth the the heavenly righteous kingdom on earth not some man-made utopian actually 
more like a dystopian future. That's what I wanted to talk about at this moment was the fact that we are in a spiritual war. And if you look over in the Middle East, and if you read in the scriptures of where events took place, where supernatural events took place, it makes you wonder, is, is there a spiritual portal over there? There is an area over there, I think it's called Bashan, B-A-S-H-O-N, and in that area are thousands of what's called dolmens. And the way I describe it to people who have no idea what I'm talking about is I just ask them to remember what the little houses looked like that Fred Flintstone lived in, because that's roughly what it looks like. It's some stone slabs that are humongous. I have no idea how they lifted them. This gets into how did they build the pyramids? You know, how did they build these dolmens? And this is just usually three rocks, two sides and a top. I'm not even talking about the pyramid. There are thousands of these dolmens over there. And when you begin to dig deeper, which again, all, uh, lots of thanks goes to Derek and Sharon and, and the people that they've looked to for research. The Rephaim, which they are mentioned in scripture, and I've been listening to an audio Bible, which is very interesting. I've never done that before in my entire life. I've heard, you know, pastors and Sunday school teachers read the Bible to me, but it was, you know, a short verse and then they talked about it for an hour. Uh, but just to have the Bible read to you, uh, your ears hear it. And so it goes into your brain a little differently than you visually reading it. Because a lot of times if we, if you're an avid reader, you may just kind of skim over the words because you are getting the gist of what it is. But when you're reading the scripture, that's one of the differences is uh, reading versus studying. Uh, and I'm not even talking about pulling out a pen and paper, but if you're going to study, just slow down a little bit when reading versus reading. Because we can, you know, if you're, like I said, if you're an avid reader, you can read pretty quick. If you'll slow down your reading, you'll, you'll get a whole lot more. But then when you listen to it, and you actually hear it, it goes in just, it, it goes in your brain a little differently. And I've found that very interesting as far as being able to catch things, hear things that you didn't realize was there, even though you'd read that passage of scripture, you know, a hundred times, maybe not a hundred, but yeah. So this spiritual war we're in, whether you know it or not, you're in it. And if you're alive, you're in the war. Infants and babies, you know, they, they, they get to grow up or they may become a casualty depending on, you know, the slant of their parent and the area that they live. Some new laws were passed recently that were just terrible for that whole industry. And it is an industry. It's a sickening, disgusting industry in the world of, you know, selling dead baby parts. It is a gross fact of the world we live in and the fallen realm have uh, encouraged people to make that acceptable to to make that become part of what's normal or considered normal even though it's very abnormal um, again i go back to you want to protect you know eagle feathers and eagle eggs but you willingly you know kill a human that's just totally it doesn't even make sense this is really hard to explain the war we're in is a battle for the mind. It's a battle for the soul. You know, once once you realize you're in this battle, you begin to see things. And I'm not saying you start to see the spirit realm, because again, that goes back into the tiny spectrum of uh, visible light that we get to see you know, with our eyes. The, the visible spectrum is such a tiny sliver of the entire electromagnetic spectrum. 
when you look at how big that spectrum is, it's enormous. It, it well, I think it's infinite. I think it goes in both directions to infinity. I I don't know. I'm not an electrical engineer, but we can only see a tiny bit with our eyes. And when we let's just say we look up, you know, into space, and so they've got you know radio telescopes, infrared telescopes. You can see things in those other areas of the electromagnetic spectrum that you cannot see with your eyes. So they have to be converted into shades of color that we can see. The images or what what becomes visible by looking at it in those other frequency ranges is just amazing what's out there that we we would have never known. Saying you're just going to see stuff, but what will happen is you'll begin to connect dots. You'll begin to understand. You'll begin to perceive how this influences that and how through those influences maybe decisions are made maybe actions are taken or not taken or not made based on your knowledge based on your understanding based on the fact of once you're made aware of something and see that's that's another element that goes into you know ignorance is bliss well sure it is if you don't know what's wrong or what's going on and you're just walking around happy to be alive i'm not saying don't be happy to be alive what i'm saying is if you don't know what's going on you're ignorant but once you're made aware of something now you can kind of be held accountable because you know and if you know something's right or wrong good or bad and you do something that's right or wrong or good or bad willingly and knowingly then you are either an accomplice or an accessory or you condone some particular habit or behavior or an event uh even if you're covering something up it it you know and that's where it goes back to you know your your level of honesty i forget exactly how it's phrased but it was something to the effect of the character of a person is determined by what they do when no one's looking you know just think about that for a minute ask yourself what would you do in a particular situation if no one was looking it just goes back to your own personal almost personal constitution that makes up you and what you know with that said i just these these were thoughts i had while i was out raking leaves i wanted to come in put it together uh share it with you there'll be plenty more as we progress so thanks for listening and i will talk to you soon